In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of the blessed month of Paona, and today the Gospel is from Luke chapter 5. And it's about the famous story of the healing of the paralytic man in the crowded house. And the paralytic man, he was brought to Christ by his friends. And they carried him up to the roof and dropped him into the house where the Lord was. And this image of the paralytic man being carried by Christ, or by, carried by his friends to Christ reminded me of the beautiful work of the apostles. And as you all know, we are in the fast of the apostles. And this fast reminds us of the mission of the church. This fast reminds us of the power of the Holy Spirit working in the church. And before we met Christ, before we knew the gospel, we were in darkness. We were in sin. We were paralyzed by sin. But we were carried to Christ through the work of the apostles. The apostles brought us the true light. They brought us to Christ so that our sins could be forgiven. Just as Christ forgave the sins of this paralytic man. That's why in Romans 10, St. Paul writes about those who do the work of the apostles. He says, how shall they believe? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. This got me thinking, how beautiful are the feet of St. Mark, who walked all the way to Alexandria, so much that even his, his poor feet, his sandals were worn, and he needed a cobbler to fix them. And then you know the story, this cobbler became the first convert in, to Christianity in Alexandria. And 2,000 years later, we are still thankful to St. Mark and those feet which taught us the Orthodox faith. We, say, we thank St. Mark for bringing us the liturgy and teaching us to partake in the Eucharist so that we could have our sins forgiven. The apostles, they carried us to Christ and we received healing by their hands. And that's why today I want to speak to you about how we can be like the apostles, how we can be like the friends of this paralytic man and bring people to Christ. I feel this is the mission of this time. The first way to be like the apostles and to bring people to Christ is first we need to answer the call of God. In the gospel, our Lord told us our calling when he commanded us. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. He said, this is the first commandment. To love God with all our heart and soul means to love Him exclusively. It means to find our satisfaction in Him more than we find it in any other thing or person. And when we love God, when we love God with all our heart and with all our soul, our hearts will become like the heart of God. You know how St. David was described? 
King David. King David was described in the scripture as having the heart of God. As described as having the heart of God. All of us are created in the image of God. To be in the image and likeness of God is to have the heart of God. This is not just for King David or Moses. This is for everyone. This is our calling. To love God. To love God with all our mind and all our strength. This means that every action that I do is driven by my love for God. In the Pauline epistle of today, St. Paul, he asked the Corinthians, he said, Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? And he said, then he answered and said, We have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ when we love God with our mind, with our strength, with understanding. And those who have the mind of Christ, they're focused on heavenly things. They love the church life. Those who have the mind of Christ, they speak of heavenly things. Their conversation is about heavenly things. Because the words that you say are a reflection of what's in the mind. The words that I'm speaking to you now began as thoughts. But now you know my thoughts because I've expressed them through my words. The mind of Christ contains heavenly things. So to have the mind of Christ is to speak the wisdom of God. So to be like the apostles, we need the heart and we need the mind of Christ. That's the first commandment. The second commandment, you know, is to love your neighbor as yourself. The friends of the paralytic today, they love their neighbor as themselves. They went through great labors to bring this paralytic man to the Lord Jesus Christ. They had every reason to delay. They could have said, we are too busy. I have other important things to do. They could have made a host of other excuses. The other day someone was telling me that they asked their friend for a simple favor. And their close friend rejected them. And this made them feel very, very sad. And it made this person feel as if they are not loved. And this is a travesty. This is a travesty. It reminded me once, you know, someone was visiting a priest, a person, you know, and I asked them to give several talks to our group. And the person, you know, in his humility said, uh, no, why? Like I was trying to get him to do two talks. He said, I don't want to do any talks. I don't want to do anything. And then I said to him a verse, I said, whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. And so the person, Yanni, laughed, and then agreed to do, like, Yanni, one. He just did one. But Yanni, the verse says, he who compels you to do, go with him one mile, go with him too. Compel means to do something I don't want to do. It's being forced to do something for the sake of love. And not only to go one mile in a direction that I don't want to go, the gospel says I have to go two miles in that direction. And then I have to walk all the way back. The friends of this paralytic man, they went the extra mile. 
They had to carry him to the roof. They had to disassemble the roof and to reassemble the roof. Yashulana, you know? But for the sake of love, it was worth it because they loved their neighbor. Their love for the paralytic man was great. And the opportunity to meet Christ, too amazing to miss. So, the friend who upset their friend by not answering their request. I wonder how their answer would be different if they remembered that verse. If, if someone compels you to walk with you one mile, go with him too. To bring people to Christ, we need to have the heart, the mind of Christ. We need to be willing to go the extra mile. This is our calling. The second way to bring people to Christ, I feel, is we need patience and determination. The initial attempts of the friends to get into the house were unsuccessful. They tried to get into the house, but they found the house was too crowded. And they could have given up at that point. And many times in the service, our initial attempts are failures. Failures, failures, and I have a list of failures, and I can show it to you. The list of failures that I have. Because the service of bringing people to Christ is not easy. It's not easy. It requires like patience and determination. And we know even the great St. Paul, he preached in Ephesus for three years. Three years. Yani, sometimes like we think every sermon, like Pentecost, St. Peter, he gives one sermon, 3,000. Not every sermon was like that in the early church. St. Paul had to be in the same place for three years, working with the people day in, day out to convince them of the resurrection. Service takes time to grow. People need time to change. And I believe that's why the Lord, He picked fishermen to be His first disciples. Because fishermen, fishermen are inherently patient. A few, a few weeks ago when we were in L.A., we were walking on the pier in Santa Monica, and we saw several fishermen. And so I sat there and just watched them. They were playing around, singing weird songs. And I was just watching the fishermen. And I watched them for like 10, 20 minutes. And to be honest, my patience ran out watching them. Because every time they would cast their line, they would wait, and then they would bring the line in, and then they would bring it back again, cast it out. And they did this ten times. Nothing. Just have the seaweed to come on, on the line. The thing is that they were doing everything right. They had the right equipment. They had like amazing fishing rods, like, and they would cast like 50 feet or 100 feet out. They had very like fancy bait, and they had like all these things shining and like all the stuff. But nothing was was biting. Nothing was biting. The fish weren't taking the bait. And sometimes in the service, the fish don't bite. But the fishermen, they don't quit. They don't quit. They don't get discouraged. They know it's not easy to catch fish. It's not like no one goes to fish for 10 minutes. Head to Arf, head, he goes like, oh no, I'm going to go catch fish, go fishing for 10 minutes. That's not how it works. The, the service, that is a process. It takes time. 
The servants of God should not, qu- should not quit. And when the fish do not bite the, the, the bait, what do you do? You take it in and you... You cast again, and you cast over and over and over again. To, be, to bring people to Christ, the servants of God need to be relentless in casting the line. Eventually, after casting the line so many times, inevitably, the fish is going to, the fish is going to bite. Eventually. To bring people to Christ, we need to be creative. I feel this gospel teaches us to be creative, to bring people to Christ. I love how the friends, not discouraged to like buy the closed door on the ground level to get into the house, so they found a new way to bring this paralytic man to to Christ. They went on the roof. They removed a superficial barrier. Like it's a barrier, but they removed the barrier that prevented them from meeting Christ. And these, fa- these friends found a new path to Christ. I think we in the service, we need to find out ways to remove the superficial barriers so that we can take people to Christ. This requires creativity. The important thing is that the end point has to be Christ. The end point has to be encounter with Christ. And in the early church, they had this creativity. They had this desire to remove barriers. And what's amazing about the early church is that they created offices in the church to fulfill the ministry of the church. Thinking creatively, oh, the widows are not getting the food. Let's create the office of the deacon to go and serve these people. Very creative. No one said, They created an office so that they could serve the people. And also, the widows. There was many widows in the early church. And the widows, they need support. So the early church thought of an office called the office of the widow. The office of the widow in the early church, that was an office. Like parts of, like a rank of the clergy. And you read, that's why when you read the requirements that St. Paul said of the widows, it's very similar to that of the bishop. The widow and the bishop have the same, like, qualifications. They were very creative in bringing people into the service of the church. And by being creative, I have to say, I mean by new means. I don't mean a new message. The message is the same message. By creativity, I mean by the means by which the message is delivered. And I love what our youth are doing on social media, using new ways to spread the gospel, using technology. And to go back to the fishing analogy, the creativity part would be analogous to using different kinds of bait to catch the fish. We want to catch the fish in the sea. Every fish needs to be caught. And sometimes you need different bait to catch different types of fish. Because there's different types of people. Some people, they like music. So we will use music to catch people. To catch fish. Some people, they love the study of the Bible. We'll use the Bible study to catch fish. Some people, they like drama. We'll use drama to catch fish. All of these are entrance points to come in to meet the Lord. And it doesn't matter by which door. It doesn't matter, Yanni, which door you came into the church by. Yanni, one had came in from this door, one came in from this door. One. It doesn't matter which door you came into. The important thing is that you're 
present here and you have an encounter with Christ. Lastly, to bring people to Christ, the church needs to be a place of healing and a place of comfort. Throughout the scripture, we see that many people were seeking Christ because they wanted healing. The woman with the flow of blood was seeking the Lord to heal her sickness. The sinful woman in Luke chapter 7, the one we read about always in in the midnight hour, who washed the feet with her tears, she followed the Lord into the Pharisee's house. Yanni, what would compel someone to fight through crowds, to just touch the hem of a garment? What would compel someone to barge in on a dinner party, uninvited, to go and sit at the feet of Christ? The only thing that would compel them, or what would compel someone to go on a roof and take off a roof to meet Christ, is that in all these cases there was an intense desire to see the Lord because they believed that Christ is the only solution to our problems. He's the only solution. And because Christ is alive in the church, is He alive in the church? If he is alive in the church, then this place should be a place of healing and comfort. Not a place of condemnation, but a place for the forgiveness of sins. Yani, too many people in our society have been hurt by the church. The church in our society has a very negative image. Some of this is done by satanic ideology. That people no longer care for truth. Some of it has been self-inflicted through sinful clergy, and I Lord have mercy on us. But when I hear about the church in the book of Acts, the church was a true hospital. And no one would say there is no need for a hospital. Everyone knows there is a necessity for the hospital. And so when you read about the, the, the early church, it says, Through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And it says, believers were increasingly added to the Lord, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on the beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. And then it says, a multitude gathered from surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirit, and they were all healed. Everyone healed. Church became a place of healing because this is the place where power is. That's why in the Gospel of today, if you notice, it says, as they were sitting in the house, it says... The power of the Lord was present into Shafinda. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. So Christ was wherever Christ is, the presence of healing is there. Yani, one of the things that Saint John Chrysostom he said that I loved so much. He said in a blink of an eye when he's talking about the early church. He was saying that the earth is turning into a heavenly place. The earth is turning into a heavenly place. He said the apostles, they've become like angels. And so this place is now marvelous. Yani, in the, in the acts of today, into our scene, what the acts of today was, it was also the healing of a paralytic man. And after St. Paul healed the paralytic man, what did the people say? They said the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. 
This is the way the church should be. Fa'alan, God is in our midst. And so the power of God is here. The church should be a place of comfort. And if the church is a place of power and a place of comfort, I think a lot of people will come to the Lord. Today I told you about four ways to bring people to the Lord. The first one, to answer the call, to love God, to have the heart of God, to have the mind of God, to love your neighbor as yourself. Number two, to bring people to Christ we need patience and determination like the fisherman. Number three, we need to be creative in our service. And number four, the church has to be a place of healing and comfort and power and glory be to God forever. Amen.